This podcast is sponsored by Active Skin Repair, a skin health company helping people heal with natural, non-toxic, medical-grade ingredients. So, Bree, I remember this one time I was in a bike race around Tucson, and uh, I wasn't paying attention. We were riding down 4th Avenue, and there's railroad tracks, like street track tracks, and my bike's tire like went and wedged in to the railroad tracks, no. and I totally fell down and just like skinned my hands, everything. Ugh. I had nothing with me, nothing at all. And it's that times where you want a first aid product and you have nothing. And <laughs> active skin repair utilizes a molecule called hypochlorous acid. When applied to the skin, the molecule works by mimicking the natural immune response to cleanse, soothe irritation, reduce inflammation, and support healing. I've used it on my son's mosquito bites, and I wish I would have had it the time I totally scraped up my hands. Oh, I hear you. Like whenever I go paddleboarding, kayaking, I'm always trying to find something that is like an all-in-one that I can take with me. And active skin repair could be used like that. It can be used to treat cuts, scrapes, burns, sunburns, rashes, and other types of skin damage. It's also safe and non-toxic, which makes it suitable for all skin types, all parts of the body, like eczema and acne-prone skin, all of that. With over 500,000 happy customers, thousands of five-star reviews, and ingredients so safe and clean they can be used from the youngest member of the family to the oldest, you now have one simple solution for all of your family's skin health needs. Visit www.activeskinrepair.com to learn more about Active Skin Repair and to get 20% off your order. Use code NOGUILT. Welcome to the No Guilt Mom podcast. I am your host, Joanne Crone, and I am joined here by my fantastically amazing co-host. Oh, I could do a song. Fantastically amazing co-host, Brie Tucker. Hello, hello, everybody. <laughs> I'm going to get more and more elaborate. I need to... I still need that list of adjectives. Adjectives, yeah. I do like the song. Maybe I could do like a different song every day. Oh my gosh, you can do like a different version uh, of the I'll be like song. a rap one. I'm not throwing away my shot license. I'd like to introduce you to my... I, I need to work on that. <laughs> I need to work on it. I'll work on something for y'all and we'll do it. Awesome. <laughs> but it's nice to have a little bit of fun because honestly, like this week has been filled with so much conflict. Yes, we are recording this the week of... There's a lot of things going on, but one thing everybody out there in the world can relate to... This uh, podcast is being recorded a couple of days after the first presidential debate. Debate. Conflict. Mm. Conflict. And, you know, we talked a lot about how we wanted to record this episode because obviously, like, there are a lot of different political views in the audience. However, in this certain situation, I personally believe that this goes beyond, like, party politics whatsoever. I don't think that party politics have a say in this issue when we talk about terms like kindness and we talk about empathy and we talk about respect for others and listening to others and handling conflict. Healthy communication, conflict resolution. That's, yeah, that's just. Because as you see in our presidential debates, our current president did not display any of those skills whatsoever. And I'm smiling here, just nodding my head going, yeah. yeah. yeah I'm, I'm just stating it like I see it. I don't think that we can have and be true to having a podcast where we encourage kids to be 
empathetic and empowered and self-sufficient and kind without drawing attention to what is going on on our national stage. And and our children are seeing. And what they're seeing. And also, I think that silence kind of, sometimes silence looks like agreement. And in this case, it's not agreement whatsoever. And so I just want to make that case very, very clear without going into more of it. But we're going to talk today about what happens when politics are brought to our kids' playground. Yep. And the divisions that it's creating in our kids' lives. Mm -hmm. So that is our discussion today. I hope you look forward to it. We are brought to you today by the SIB Journal. Now, SIB stands for Siblings Interacting Boldly. And if you have a situation in your house that looks a lot like the presidential debates did, the SIB Journal might what? be something. What that is that? Is that is that fighting and bickering? Fighting, name calling, bickering, talking over each other, not listening to one another. Those are things that can be solved by really healthy communication skills. And that is what the Civ Journal hopes to bring to your home. It is a fun, interactive journal complete with video lessons that take kids through it. They will learn how to name their emotions, how to calmly communicate their emotions to other people, as well as skills we don't usually teach kids, like dealing with shame in themselves and also setting strong boundaries with other people. The Sib Journal is available the last week of October. Until then, go and grab the Sibling Adventure Log. It's completely free. It's filled with missions that your kids could do together and have fun with each other. And it's just, you know, a little bit of bright spot to your world. So make sure you pick up our free Sibling Adventure Log in the show notes. And let's get on with the show. You want mom life to be easier. That's our goal too. Our mission is to raise more self-sufficient and independent kids, and we're going to have fun doing it. We're going to help you delegate and step back. Each episode, we'll tackle strategies for positive discipline, making our kids more responsible, and making our lives better in the process. Welcome to the No Guilt Mom Podcast. This episode was sparked a little bit by two things. First, it was sparked by we both went to a conference uh, called Mom 2.0 that was online. And in it, I attended a session called Politics. And I was introduced to these amazing podcasters. And if you have not heard of this podcast, definitely go check them out. It's called Pantsuit Politics, where they discuss issues of the day as well. And then something interesting happened in one of our local Facebook groups where a mom came on who was very upset, understandably upset. And what had happened was that another child had approached her kid and asked what political party they were voting for and then refused to play with them based on the political party. And I think it's worth noting that this is an elementary school. It's an elementary school. So this was below fifth grade that this was occurring with. Yes. So the mom came on the Facebook group very, very angry at parents and telling parents that they needed to set a better example for their kids. And it sparked a few things in me because first, like the nature of Facebook right now is just kind of to 
almost, I want to say yell at everyone when it feels like that. It feels like that. It It feels like like there's a lot of strong emotions on Facebook. Mm -hmm. And if you don't agree with someone's opinion, it quickly escalates. We'll just say that. It quickly escalates. That got out of hand quickly. And there (laughs) are a lot of phrases that are used on Facebook and social media where it triggers everybody else. And it just becomes a fighting environment instead of one where we're listening to each other and we're acknowledging each other. Because I mean, how many times do you go on Facebook and you're like, I want to make sure this person is hurt. No, no, I need to make sure this person knows how wrong they are. Right, right. It's definitely, and going back to the situation, like, there's no fault with this mom's emotion. We agree mm-hmm. that, you know, that mama bear that is comes a out. Stressful right? thing to go through. Yeah. Mama bear is a thing. If you don't know, they're on t shirts everywhere. Mama, mama bear, bear is a thing. Like, mm-hmm. when you mess with our kids, we are very emotionally attached. Very emotionally attached. And we take it very personally. Mm-hmm. However, Teaching our children that it's okay to let your emotions completely drive your actions Mm -hmm. and your reactions. And to have this, again, the mama bear thought process is that, oh, you're going to get the tough side of me because how dare you threaten my child? I don't want my kid to react like that when somebody upsets them. Oh, how dare you do that to me? I'm so angry at you. No, No, in fact, we try to teach our kids not to react like that and try to get them to recognize their anger and cool down and make sure that they don't say anything or do anything that they will regret later. Right. So this is much more about, was that the time and place Mm -hmm. for that to have been brought up? And then we're going to tell you some steps to take instead that will be a lot more fruitful for your child, for you, and for the relationships in your community. Like specific steps you could take if something like this or if anything happens to your child at school, what you can do to get the problem solved. Right. Because we all know, like, again, the whole political stance on the playground Okay, let's just be honest. Every kid on the playground runs into something. Yes. Right? You're going to run into kids that are making fun of you. A child is going to run into other children on the playground. They're going to make fun of them. They're going to tell them, no, they can't play with them for the day. Mm -hmm. There's a lot of this sort of situation that your children are going to run into. So yeah, our goal today is to talk about those politics on the playground and to give you and your child some tools. Yes. To have effective Results. Results. So let's get into it. I actually had something happen to me yesterday with my son. He just had a really, really horrible, no good, very bad day. A soccer game that they were playing on the playground. It got a little, it didn't get heated, but there were names called. A friend of his called him a cheater. And then another friend was kind of bragging that, oh, we made a goal and you didn't. That's rough. So that was rough. And then there was a situation in class. He was dancing to one of the gold noodle videos and another classmate was laughing at him. And so he came home just crying and I'm like, oh my gosh, I felt so bad for him. All I wanted to do, you know, all you want to do as a parent is just take your kid's pain away. Yeah. And at first I had to fight my instinct to call everyone's parents. Like, wait, wait, you had to you had to push down the mama bear. That I had to push down the mama bear because that's like the first thing you're like, how dare? Like, do you want me? And then, then I stopped myself because research oh. has shown that if parents step in to solve kids' problems, kids don't learn to solve their own problems. Right. And then let's also just go with the fact of like, how effective would that be if, let's say, your child had done something like that to mm-hmm. another child, called them a name or whatever, and someone called you yeah. and started yelling at you? Yeah. It would, how open-minded would you be to the situation? I would be like a fire kitty. I would totally like react emotionally to it. Most right. definitely. I mean, and let's also just throw in the fact that you probably have no idea what happened before this hits you. No. Right? Because again, if your child's the one who was unkind on the playground, they're yeah. probably not running home to tell you, oh, no. hey, mom, I called so-and-so a name today. 
No, they're not. It's hard because as parents, we only hear one side of the story. We don't hear the entire story. Right. And so as a teacher, I always had to remember that. And now as a parent, I have to remember that as well, because there are so many points of view going into every single situation. Right. Whereas there is no solution that only one person can come up with. Any Mm -hmm. solutions to problems like these, they have to be joint. They have to have everybody involved in them. Right. And that is something that as parents, unfortunately, we can't control. However, on the other end, it's actually a really great thing that these problems happen because this is relatively minor in the grand scheme of life problems. Ah, but if they don't learn how to handle it when they're younger, we run into situations like the other night at the debates. At the debate. (laughs) Where someone doesn't understand how to handle conflict. No. In a graceful manner or healthy communication skills. No. They just learn how to put up that defense mechanism, name call, and yell at each other. And it's no, that's not. You can't. And But it's also good to know that like both parties kind of have to be willing. Yes. To have that discussion. Like if someone is belligerent, like happened in the debates, if someone is belligerent, You can't come to them and be like, oh, it's okay. Like, they're going to walk all over you. Like, there is a level of belligerence there that it's one of those situations you can't even deal with them. You have to walk away because they're not acting rationally at that point. You have to keep in mind that when kids are on the playground, too, and especially with siblings as well. Bree's like scratching her face right now. No, I'm laughing. I don't know what to say. Okay, nope, nope, nope. Okay, I'm going to let you into a little Bree brain. As soon as you said, like, you have to learn when to walk away, immediately I started hearing Kenny Rogers in my head. You got to know when to hold up. Know when to fold up. Know when to walk away when the deal's done. We discussed, we were discussing before this happened. Oh my gosh. So back to these debates, like, poor Chris Wallace. Uh, But he... I was like, oh my gosh, like what would I have done in this situation? And of course, hindsight's twenty twenty. In the same situation, I probably would yeah. not. Had a mom been in charge, uh, it yeah. would have been like, that but is honestly, it. It was probably, it would have probably <laughs> blindsided anyone, anyone. So, and I was like, you know what? The only answer to that situation is, I am going to shut this debate down right now if you don't follow these rules for this, like, that's the only way. That's the only thing. Oh, yes. And- <laughs> Shout out to Clarendon for supporting this episode and providing us with samples. Hey guys, Brie here. And let me tell you, April is a killer time of the year for me because it is crazy allergy season. I swear, everything that is in bloom looks fantastic and beautiful, but it makes it so I can't breathe. I am literally coughing, sneezing, rubbing my nose. I look like Rudolph half of the spring. It's terrible. But luckily for those of us who live with symptoms of allergies like I do, we live Claritin Clear with Claritin D. Designed for serious allergy sufferers, Claritin D has two powerful ingredients in just one pill that relieve your allergy symptoms and decongest your nose so you can finally breathe better. This double action combination of prescription strength allergy medicine is the best decongestant available. It relieves sneezing, a runny nose, itchy, watery eyes, itchy nose and throat, and sinus congestion and pressure with ease. I absolutely love it. It is the only allergy medicine that works for me. So if you're ready to live life as if you don't have allergies, it's time to live Claritin Clear. Fast and powerful relief is just one quick trip away. Find Claritin D at the pharmacy counter. Ask for Claritin D at your local pharmacy counter. You don't even need a prescription. Go to Claritin.com right now for a discount so you can live Claritin clear. 
Hey all, it is Joanne. And Brie here. And we want to tell you about a podcast that you should check out. It's called Understood Explains. This season of the show is hosted by teacher and special education expert Juliana Uturbe, and it's all about how to navigate individual education plans, also known as IEPs. And in this latest season of Understood Explains, it covers topics like how to tell if your child needs an IEP, and it busts common myths about special education. We actually just listened to the episode, IEPs, Does My Child Need an IEP? And here is what we loved about it. I loved that it was so digestible. Like it was such a short episode and all of the topics, which could be really confusing to parents, were easily explained. And I loved how they gave great concrete examples because you know how much I love me a good example. They explained what kind of services and supports you could actually see on a child's IEP or individual education plan. And they explained those acronyms that nothing drives me more crazy than when there's acronyms and I don't get it. I don't know what it stands for. They took the time to explain everything in so much detail and to cover concerns that a lot of families have about special ed services. To listen to Understood Explains, search for Understood Explains in your podcast app. That's Understood Explains. Or just click on the link in our show notes. Yeah. So it's interesting. It's a little sidetrack. But um, yeah, let's so, go back to these playground incidents. Right, right. So the whole point is about this. And again, I'm, I'm running back to things in my head. Like I was just saying, when we're looking at the situation, and again, not to invalidate anyone's feelings, mama bear is a very valid feeling. It's mm-hmm. just the way that you react to it that you have to be thoughtful of. Mm-hmm. And it brings me back to something my grandma used to say. And I bet your grandma used to say it too. The one about flies, yeah. vinegar, honey, right? Right. Catch more flies, flies with, with honey, honey than with vinegar. vinegar. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You've got to be respectful and open and have the ability to at least hear out the other side of what's going on mm-hmm. and be able to at least come to somebody and speak about it without anger and accusations. Mm-hmm in order for there to be any chance to move forward. And it's hard because we're not taught that. We're really not taught that. We're taught that it's a sign of weakness, that it's backing down if we don't defend our position, when really that's not how problems are solved. That's not how compromise happens. And so these steps that we're going to give you, they are going to help your child feel heard, and then they are going to be helping you coach your child how to deal with the problem. And you will also feel heard as well. We promise. You will feel heard as well. As as a mom, you will feel heard too. And you'll feel better. So the first one, the first thing I did yesterday after I pushed down the mama bear urge Mm -hmm. is I knew that my job was to listen. A lot of in my personality, I like to give advice like, that's why I started a blog. Um, (laughs) Same here. We're the fixers. We're We're the fixers. We're the fixers. And many people don't appreciate our fixing, Brie. Yeah. Yeah. This podcast, all of the experts we speak to on a regular basis, I'm learning that that's something I probably need to to work on. I need to fix in quotations. I need to work on not being the fixer right off the bat. I have to bring it back as well because I've become a lot more conscious of that in my own personality and maybe the past year. And so sometimes now when a friend comes to me with a problem, if they're a very good friend and I trust them, I'll say straight out, I'll be like, do you want me here to love you and encourage you? Or do you want advice from me? And I'll just ask them. And sometimes they'll be like, okay, give me your advice. And sometimes they'll be like, I'm, I just need to vent. I'll be like, okay, yeah, we're good. And I know, I know it's not the most classy way of doing it. It doesn't sound like the most classy way of doing it, but it prevents, I feel resentment from the other person if I'm giving un, 
ask for advice, yeah. unsolicited advice. Because I don't like unsolicited advice. I'd be like, what are you telling me what to do? Like <laughs> immediately, immediately. Like that's my inner reaction. Who made you the armchair expert yeah, on this one? Right. <laughs> So the first thing is to listen and it's hard to listen. And one thing that helps me listen really well is that I always try to summarize what uh, my child is feeling. Mm, so reflective listening. It's called reflective listening. It gives me something to do. It makes me feel like I am participating in this conversation, but I'm also giving like what the other person needs. So if my son or my daughter, you know, I was really upset and they described the situation to me. I will come back and I'll be like, so it sounds like you felt very frustrated that this happened and kind of describe it back to them. And that's their chance to be like, yeah, or no, you got it all wrong. And then, and we know the other thing too with that is to really listen. So when they do, if on those occasions they come back and go, no, that, no, then you go, okay, I'm sorry. Or you don't have to say I'm sorry. That's my thing. I always say I'm sorry. But Are you apologizing just, for saying you're sorry now? <laughs> oh my God, I did. I just apologized for it's okay. apologizing. It's okay. <laughs> it's, an, it's a problem. I'm working on it. Let me know when someone can find the I Apologizers Anonymous group. I'm happy to join. But I'll just be like, okay, tell me again then. You know, what did I miss? Mm-hmm. And again, it depends on the child, but just... Let them tell you again. Let them go through it again. But you'll never know that you misunderstood until you summarize it. Yeah. And you know what? I know that when I'm talking to somebody, if they say it back to me, then I know they actually listened and they heard me. Yeah. It's such a like powerful skill that I don't mm-hmm. feel is used enough in society. Because I was just telling you this morning, like the conflicts that I've had in the past week, the ones that I am still upset about are the ones I do not feel like I was listened to. Right. There was nothing where they acknowledged your feelings or your point. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because I've been right here with those conflicts. The, the one that you're still dealing with, there was no... There was no acknowledgement. There yeah. was no it like, just, hey. It ended with, nope, you're wrong. Yeah, that's that was it. And You're wrong and you're making a huge mistake. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Am I really? Am I really? Yeah, not really. <laughs> kind of show true feelings. But, but that yes. listening to your child is such an important first step because then you can really figure out what the problem actually is, and how your child feels about the problem. You're helping them process their emotions as well as you getting a really clear picture of what's going on from their viewpoint. So listening and summarizing what they're saying, Mm -hmm. that's the first step. Okay, so after that. Second step is to decide on a course of action that your child is comfortable with. So I always, before I take any action as a parent, I will ask my kids, I'm like, okay, well, what do you want to have done? Like, how do you want to solve this? Sometimes they'll be like, I don't know. And so then I'll be listing stuff off. I'm like, do we want to do this? Do we want to do this? Do we want to do this? And a lot of the times, if talking to the teacher is one of the things that they want done, and frankly, it's been like, can you talk to the teacher? (laughs) I'll be, well, you know what? I can, but I would rather it come from you. So how about I help you write an email to the teacher? Which surprisingly, with virtual learning, now second graders know how to do. That's really <laughs> great. I was going to say, just right there, my my brain is already like, okay, so you're teaching them typing skills. Mm-hmm. You're teaching them communication skills. You're teaching them to follow through with problem solving. Mm-hmm. Now, with that being said on, decide on a course of action that they're comfortable with. That's a huge one. Because again, if we're leaning back into that whole mama bear, which I feel like a lot of moms have where I've got to protect my child. I have to make sure that this goes right. Mm -hmm. It can be hard 
to listen to what that course of action is for your child. So mm-hmm. I'm going to relate this to something that I had happen recently. So my kids are both back in person. And my son had a couple of grades that there was an error because like when school started, they were doing online schooling. And we had this one day where everything my kids did online just didn't go through. And they were using an online platform. So there was no backup to it, Mm -hmm. right? Like you answered it on the online platform and then you hit submit. So they didn't know until their grades came in like weeks later that he was missing these couple of assignments. So Flash forward, you know, we see these assignments, they drastically dragged down his grade to a point where I was like, "Mm, I'm not okay with this. And we had a conversation about it. And my solution that I wanted to hear was mom will email the teacher and the teacher will get this taken care of. Now, it wasn't because I'm necessarily a control freak. I love my son, but he knows this about himself. He's famous for, "Uh uh-huh, yeah, mom. Or, or yeah, I'm going to go do this. And then literally 30 seconds later, he's, what was I doing? Huh? I don't remember. So I would drop him off at school. And for four days, I was like, okay, be sure to talk to your teacher about those missing assignments unless you want to deal with going to tutoring because you'll now have an F in that class. Mm-hmm. And he didn't want to go to tutoring, but he kept forgetting to talk to his teacher. And so finally, I just couldn't help it. The bubbling, like the bubbles and the mama bear kind of came out of me one day. And I'm just like, that's it. I'm emailing your teacher. And he was like, no. Let me talk to my teacher. And I'm like, okay, you have one more day. Mm-hmm. And then I'm stepping in. And sure enough, he spoke to his teacher. He was able to deal with it. They let him redo the assignment. We got it turned in and it was all okay. But man, was that hard. Had my son not stood up for himself in that scenario, I could have easily steamrolled him and not respected his decision mm-hmm. and been the one that stepped in there. So this whole step two on deciding on a course of action that your child is comfortable with, it's not always the easiest, guys. It's not the easiest. It has to be completely their choice and what they want to do. In terms of like our situation, my son decided that he was going to handle the situation in the soccer game. He was going to talk to his friends about how it made him feel. And my son has been using like I statements in the stuff that we teach in the Sib Journal and Emotions 911 since he was one or two. So he's very like familiar with, I feel hurt when this happened. And I don't want you to say that anymore. He was fine there. Where he wasn't fine with was the situation that happened in class because he wasn't as friendly with that person who made fun of him when he was dancing. Right. And he was really scared about approaching them, which I think is completely normal. And so with that, I'm like, okay, well, what should we do? And he said, well, he said, well, that it's not that adult. Well, mother, I take my spot of tea. <laughs> yeah, no, no, it doesn't happen like that. It was, it was more being said, like, do you want to talk to your teacher? And he's like, I want you to talk to my teacher. No one told us the truth about parenthood. Why? This is the podcast everyone needed before they had kids because now that those little ones are here, there is a lot to unpack. I'm Rachel Shepardota, and I am your host for the podcast, No One Told Us, where we tell the truth about parenting and let you in on all the stuff you really should have known about before having kids. I am the founder of Hey Sleepy Baby, but this podcast is so much more than sleep. We'll be diving into all the topics that you really care about and need to know while you do your best job raising those adorable, tidy humans. Our goal is to just make you feel less alone and less overwhelmed. There are so many things that no one tells us before becoming a parent, and I think that we should really pull back the curtain on becoming a first-time or second-time mom or dad to share the good, the bad, and the ugly. We'll have a little education, a little fun, and a whole lot of heart that goes into each and every episode. 
So join me and our amazing guests each week to hear us talk about what no one told us. Well, hey there, Busy Mama. Are you looking for ways to make your life easier, your home less chaotic, and at the same time, add more joy to your life? My name is Deanna Yates, and I'm the host of Wanna Be Clutter Free, a podcast all about letting go of the stuff we don't need in our lives so that we can focus on what truly matters. Don't worry, I'm not going to tell you to throw it all away or make you feel guilty about keeping something you love, no matter how many other people don't quite understand it. But I will give you practical and more importantly, actionable advice so that you can make progress right away. And you won't just hear it from me. There are amazing guests too. It's like having your bestie in your pocket, telling you it's okay to let go of the things that are not serving you and your family in a totally non-judgmental way. So join me over on the podcast where we can work on progress over perfection for those of us that want to be clutter-free. And I told him, I'm like, oh, well, we could write her an email. And so he was starting his email and then he wrote a bit of it, but at the end he couldn't send it. He couldn't end up sending it and he just hit delete. Like he couldn't go through with it. Oh, bummer. And at that point I'm like, okay, like I have taken him to the point of he actually crafted his message. He put in an email. We got far. But still, I knew that teachers, they cannot know everything that's happening in the classroom. Right. They cannot. Like, as a teacher or myself, anywhere I- Anywhere at the school, really, Anywhere right? at the school. Like, it is impossible to be everywhere at once. And it's actually not the best thing for child development to have teachers watching kids everywhere at once. Like, kids well, need to figure out some stuff by themselves. Okay, let's just throw this out there, too, mm-hmm. to parents, right? As a parent, have you ever been- home with your kids and something happened that you didn't realize it happened. Mm-hmm. Right? I, I hopefully every single one of you have said, yeah, I didn't see it happen. Okay. So the same thing kind of happens at it the happens schools, at schools. And as a former teacher and seeing the amount of like ire that goes against teachers sometimes and being like, I don't understand. You say one thing and then something else happens. And like, or how they, did you miss that? This how happened? did you miss this? Weren't you paying attention? I'm like, a guy, like, This anger towards teachers, first of all, it is undeserved because they are working their butts off. And second, like it's unproductive. No one can be everywhere at once. So give them the benefit of the doubt. Yes, it's good to have the benefit of the doubt. And here's a way that you can come to them with. Now, I am a huge fan of sending video emails. It's just something I do. I feel like you can get your tone of voice across more. And if people see your facial expressions, they are much more likely to be agreeable with your message, or at least not be defensive towards you. So I use video email and it is a free tool anyone can use. It's called Loom, L-O-O-M. We'll have a link to it. We'll have a link to it. (laughs) But I use Loom and I I sent my son's teacher so many video emails. I have to wonder if any other parent does this. I bet I'm the only one. But should ask her sometime. Maybe there'll be more parents after you hear this. So I got on my computer yesterday and I started a Loom towards her. And I I put the email, be like, hey, like something happened in class today. I think I I could tell it much better through video email. Hope you don't mind. Here's the link to the video. And in my video, I started it out with saying, I described the situation that uh, like he was dancing and someone made fun of him and he, you know, felt bad about it. And then I described the course of action he was most comfortable with. And what we had decided is that he wanted to talk to this person, but he wanted his teacher there with him. And he also needed 
like a quiet space to do the talking because in this whole pandemic thing and people going everywhere and schedules, like kids really don't have much of an opportunity to interact directly with each other. So he needed the space and time for it and he needed his teacher there. And so I described that to her. And then I said, I totally appreciate everything you're doing. This situation is so hard right now. You're totally rocking it. And just like giving my appreciation towards her as well, because I don't think teachers get that enough. I know as a mom, I don't get enough of that. I don't get enough of the, thank you, mom. You're doing a great job. I appreciate you. Yeah. It'd be nice once in a while. Yeah. Yeah. And if you don't have teens, then wait till it happens. Wait till (laughs) So I recorded that video. I sent her an email within like maybe 30 minutes. She sent it back. She's like, I can definitely help him with that. Give him a hug for me. We'll get this figured out. And you know, can I also just throw in there, like when we had a conversation talking about this before we did the podcast, Mm -hmm. we both agreed like the girl in the class that he had this occur with. Yeah. Sweet girl. Sweet. Really sweet girl. We don't don't think it was bullying in any way. It was just like, oh, but I can yeah. see how that would hurt your feelings. Yeah, I had to I had to really take it back because a lot of the response to kids, I mean, the response we heard when we were younger, be like, oh, they didn't mean it that way. If you think about it, you have no idea how they meant it. We really have no idea how they meant it. Right. So our thought process is she probably didn't mean it that she probably way. But didn't. you know what? It's important that you didn't say that to him because mm-hmm. what does that do? That makes him feel like you're telling him that his perception of reality of what occurred yeah. isn't valid, yeah. isn't real. And how crappy does that, that feel? That is so crappy. I mean, how many times have you had that happen to you where you're like, oh, it's not a big deal? Oh, my goodness. I've had <laughs> people that would patronize me repeatedly of like, oh, you're making a big deal out of nothing. Oh, that's stupid. Don't get upset over that. You know what? Sorry. My feelings are my feelings. Mm-hmm. You don't want me to share them with you. That's one thing. You are the expert on your own feelings and right. no one can tell you how to feel or how you should feel about a situation. Right. But yeah, so, he, so I held my yeah. tongue with that. So he's handling it at school. And this isn't the first time that I have approached the school with a situation I became aware of as a parent, but that I could not solve because I was not on school grounds and I'm not in the classroom, which is probably a very good thing. Right. (laughs) Because as a teacher, I had a different way of handling things than as a parent. My emotions are directly tied to my kids. Okay. (laughs) That's funny because that also brings up a point. Like we've had these discussions before too, where you've talked about like the schools that you taught in and how much parent involvement you had Mm -hmm. versus the school that your children go to now and how much parent involvement we see. You know, parent involvement is not short at the school that your son goes to. Like, it's the kind of thing where like, if you don't sign up fast enough, you don't get to participate as a parent. Basically, yes. And so we were just talking about how different that is. Like when on one hand, there's some schools and some teachers where they're just like, if I could even just get one person to help me out. And then there's other ones where you have a bazillion Mm -hmm. and both of them have their downside. Yeah, well, I taught at a Title I school before, and most of our parents were working like two to three jobs to support their family, and they could not come to the classroom, understandably. And so we didn't have a lot of parent involvement, and that's okay because, you know, you adjust to where the families are at, and you serve them from there, and it was great. But it's got to be just as hard, though, too, when you have 30 kids in your classroom and 20 parents that are... I imagine that would be so hard because one good thing about not having the parent involvement in the classroom is I didn't have to manage adults as well as manage kids. I only had to manage kids because sometimes managing adults is a lot harder than managing kids. Take the debate for instance. It's a lot harder. (laughs) It's a lot harder. Ask Christopher Wallace about that. 
kids are still at that teachable age, which is great to start using these steps with them because they're teachable. They're great. Many adults get to this stage and they just think they know everything. I mean, it's hard to say it that way, but it's true. And I mean, I would say like some things I think I know everything. I thought I knew everything as a teenager with my parents. Oh my gosh, they could not tell me anything because I knew it. Uh, Oh yeah. You know, it's, it's one of those things and kids, they're still teachable. An adult, if you ask them to do something, some adults are very abrasive just from a teacher's perspective. I think from a parent perspective too. Mm -hmm. But I mean, so again, our main point is that these kind of clashes are going to happen. Yeah. they. Our children are going to run into situations where other children are not going to always be the most kind and loving child that we would love the entire world to be populated Mm -hmm. with because you know what? That's not reality. Yeah. They're going to run into things where again, like we wish they didn't run into these issues, but we're happy that they do now because we can teach them these skills. We can teach them to learn from the situation and how to move forward and not have it, you know, scar them or imprint on them this negative experience. Like we can teach them how to move forward with it. And many negative experiences that happen as a kid, as long as they were resolved. I mean, we're talking the difference between like trauma and not trauma and being being, like ridiculed on the playground is not considered trauma. So in those situations, as long as they're resolved and you can look back at them and be like, hey, there was this thing where I felt really uncomfortable. I felt hurt. I felt disrespected. And it got solved. You rely on that for strength later in your life. Right. And so it's important that those things happen and that kids come up with that kind of conflict so that they can look back and they can rely on that strength that, yes, they can get through this and whatever problems in front of them right now, they can handle. Right. Because we're showing faith in our children and we're teaching them that resilience and that healthy communication, giving them those life skills to do better in life. So yeah. So those steps again, if something like this happens, your child comes home really upset from school. The first is to listen to your child. Just figure out the whole thing of the situation. Yeah. Don't fix it. Just listen. Just listen. And try that reflective listening, summarizing what they say. Mm-hmm. And then you want to decide on a course of action that they're comfortable with. Make sure to discuss with them and tell them exactly what you're going to do and that you have their sign off. Mm-hmm. And it's a plan of action that you're both comfortable with. And if you have a child that's like, well, you can handle it all, mom. Do you try to bring some of that back to them. Mm-hmm. Show them that you have faith in their skill and their ability. They may need you there as emotional support, helping them craft the email, helping them figure out what to say, but doing it for them. in many cases, not all, but in many cases, it's not going to teach them much. Mm -mm. And then number three, work with the school. Make sure that the school is aware of what's happening. And if needed, ask the school's advice on how to solve this problem because schools have seen a lot. (laughs) Like the stuff that I, like the behavior situations I came across as a teacher it is so varied, so different. And going through all of those and knowing the end results has helped me solve problems now and in the future. So teachers have really, really great advice to common, common problems. And something that's happening with your kid, they have probably seen it in some version before that they could offer you some really great steps to take and know where to go from there. So right. work with the school and get their advice because there's plenty. So... That brings us to the end. 
I hope that you are enjoying this podcast as much as we enjoy recording it for you. If you have any, any comments that you want to tell us, if you want to tell us like stuff you love about the podcast or stuff that you want to see more of or stuff we should change, just email us at hello at noguiltmom.com. And also, while we have you, have you subscribed to us yet? Come on. If you haven't subscribed, what you doing, man? You know you want to hear from us. <laughs> so hit that subscribe button. And if you have a few seconds, we would greatly appreciate like a two to three sentence review. And we appreciate them so much. We like to read them on air. So we have one. This one is from Coral and Trin's mom. And she titles it Very Inspirational. I love this podcast. It is a pleasure to listen to the real life struggles of moms everywhere and know that I'm normal and doing the best job I can. I picked up great tips from my oldest who is struggling in school, especially now with online learning. Thank you, Joanne and Bree, for your advice and expertise. I'm totally sharing your podcast with my other mom friends who are struggling too. Thank you, Coral and Trin's mom. We appreciate you. Yes, big virtual fuzzy hug back big to you. virtual fuzzy hug. Oh, I love it. So remember, the best mom is a happy mom. Take care of you, and we'll see you next time. Thanks so much for stopping by. When it comes to raising kids, there's so much to consider. Things like, what do we feed them? When do we feed them? How do they sleep? What does it look like to raise kind kids? How does their nervous system work? How do I keep myself calm? What are my triggers? There's so much that comes into play, and we are distilling all of that information for you at Voices of Your Village podcast, where we bring experts in the field of early childhood and education and psychology and across the board so that you don't have to comb the internet for information. You get to show up and hang out and have shame-free, judgment-free conversations and insights into what it looks like to raise kind, empathetic, emotionally intelligent humans. I'm Alyssa Blask Campbell. I have a master's degree in early childhood education. I'm a mom of two, and I am walking this journey right alongside you doing this work. Come hang out with me at Voices of Your Village, and we can dive into real conversations with actionable tips.